Hi, and welcome to Influence Marketing Talks, brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influence marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer marketing in the digital age and all things influence marketing in right around 15 minutes. I'm Frida Ekholm, social media manager at Cure Media, and in this week's episode, we are so excited to be joined by Vicky James, who is head of brand marketing at Misguided, one of the UK's most popular fashion brands amongst millennial and Gen Z shoppers. Today, Vicky will be sharing her views on building a brand in today's evolving marketing landscape, offering us insights into how Misguided connects with their coveted audience, and discussing their take on diversity and inclusivity. Hi, Vicky, and welcome to Influence Marketing Talks. It's great to have you here today. And before we dive into the topic of today, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at Misguided? Yeah, so I'm Vicky. I'm the head of brand marketing at Misguided. So been in the industry just over nine years, specifically in this kind of like fast fashion space. So previously at some of our competitors now, but um, at Misguided, my role's quite diverse, looking after influencer marketing, social media, our creative team, so our graphic design teams and shoot production, um, partnerships, media, everything essentially that's kind of non-performance marketing um, sits with me. So super exciting, lots going on and to do and, you know, a really great creative team, which is really positive to be in such kind of a young, creative, kind of entrepreneurial space. Um, So yeah, Misguided was born in the UK. We um, ship around the world, but really our focus is UK, our home market, the US, and then across Europe too. So that's been something that's been growing for us um, year over year and just looking to continue to expand. So yeah, we sell women's clothing. We do have a menswear brand separate, um, but mainly women's clothing, 18 to 30 year old target market. So really that kind of Gen Z and millennial audience that we're attracting. Yeah. And that's, that sounds like a big team you're handling. Yeah, quite. I like 20 something. So yeah, big team, but um, yeah, really exciting and kind of people with lots of experience, some that have been there over 10 years. And then obviously, um, talent that's just come straight out of university which is great to work with at the start of their careers yeah so I know that Miss Gaiden has been a top player within the influence marketing field for a few years now and the channel owns the highest percentage of your advertising spend while you've stepped away from the more traditional advertising And your successful work on social media has taken you to a huge social media following and engagement from your audience, which is very impressive when considering the crowded social media scene today. So what do you think are the keys to attracting the busy audience of millennials and Gen Z on social media for fashion brands today? I think what we've really definitely noticed, especially in the last couple of years, is that shift of not just creating content to sell what you need to sell. Ultimately, we're a fashion brand. We we sell clothing and that's what we need to do, but also really having that authentic voice because this audience can see through 
when you're not being genuine and some things we've definitely tried to do across different channels probably starting with something like Twitter then moving across more recently to TikTok is really humanizing our tone of voice and coming across like a person like at the end of the day it's the team posting across our social channels they're real people so bringing that voice and authenticity across has been key to just creating that community of people who engage because naturally you engage more with a person, more with someone who sees you see as a friend rather than a brand itself. So trying to look, actually think like the creators themselves versus like a brand that's trying to push that to second, really, and actually thinking the mindset of a creator and the team to think like creators too. Yeah, that's really important. And that's a good mindset to always have. So consumer behavior is changing, that's no surprise, and brands need to do more in order to stay relevant. And as you've stepped away from the more traditional media channels in already 2019, how do you work with influencer marketing at Misguided today? So our influencer marketing is really adapted with, I think, post-COVID definitely and um having to be a lot more agile and flexible with the way we spend money has definitely made us rethink how we approach it. So while, of course, we still do our more traditional partnerships, I suppose, with talent, so paid posts across multiple channels, uh, working with micro creators on kind of gifting or affiliate programs, we've tried to work a lot more with creators in that very sense of them as content first and actually as um, people who can fulfill our production needs too. So outside of the more performance-based, I suppose, influencer marketing, we're actually working a lot more with talent that produce just really beautiful content and actually can do that for us too, especially, you know, when we've not been able to travel the world with restrictions and we might have a swim collection, but you don't really want to shoot a swim in Manchester because it's no. not So, um, yeah, it's great if we have talent that's based in Los Angeles or in Miami and we can actually send them that product, work with them on a creative brief and get them to bring it to life. So they've definitely become more an integrated part of the business and how we work with this talent and not just in I suppose where you're seeing it in social media actually having them create content that otherwise we might have to hire a production team to do or shoot ourselves in our studio so it's allowed us to be a lot more adaptable it supports the team of not having to you know send a team out to go on a photo shoot or something so it's actually a lot more efficient for us and then also brings in another person's point of view, look, feel. So I definitely think that's the way we've gone. And other brands too, I think, are following this, like realizing the importance of seeing creators. You know, they are still art directors or models in a sense of traditional, non-traditional. So actually how we can work with them within the wider business, not just on a kind of, you know, very transactional, here's a paid post, here's an Instagram, uh, YouTube video. It's been very much about utilizing them for skills that they have and how that benefits the business internally so that's definitely something we've almost were forced to do during COVID with having to get content you know not shooting in our studios sending content to uh, products to creators and models at home and then that's really translated into support and issue um, campaigns too so I think that's how we've really changed. 
Yeah, and I, as you said, I think more and more brands are co- starting to do that with their influencer mm-hmm. content, like uh, maximizing their investments, like not just seeing the influencers post in their feed, but also use it on your own social channels uh, for ads, for uh, your website, etc. And yeah. as you said, it's really effective instead of like renting a studio or uh, traveling uh, to another country, especially now when the pandemic has been. And We know that many fashion brands struggle with reaching this audience and with your success in doing so, um, what role has influencer marketing and the social media sphere played for you at Misguided in reaching these generations? What are the keys? It definitely allows us to be more agile and I think with a brand like Misguided, you know, we have such a breadth of product. We've not got a niche in terms of we don't just sell lingerie or footwear. We've we've got so much product for so many different people. And I think that's definitely doing traditional advertising, you're probably maybe only going to feature three models and then realistically that might only suit you know a couple of people's style you're really pigeonholing what you can put out in an in traditional campaigns whereas for influencer marketing we work with hundreds of creators every month and that really is allowing us to break into different uh people with different style from different communities backgrounds and tell a bit more of a brand story because each of those creators brings their own point of view or experience the way they we're misguided and allows us to reach a lot more people in a more genuine way you know influencers at the end of the day are our brand advocates it's a way of um showing kind of word of mouth referral like you might tell a friend or like whatsapp them like oh my god have you seen this love this tag them on instagram it's the same really with influencers i think the consumer really has that trust and whether someone they love and follow and that inspires them when they see them talk about brands and especially talk about them long term. And that's something we're very keen on too, not having these one-off partnerships, but having a long-term re- relationship with talent over a number of months or sometimes even years. It brings their community then into the fold and creates really a more loyal customer for us in the end. Yeah, yeah, it's all about being there like constantly over time. Yeah. You can't just pop in when you need something S- similar to a friend wouldn't call you when they need something um, out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, as you said, always on, I think that's the key. And we know that millennials and Gen Z respond really well to influencer peer-to-peer uh, content and communication because it builds trust for the brand. Yeah, definitely. What most decision makers miss about uh, brand awareness is th- it's that it over time creates sales and also gives the brand the opportunity to have better margins. And I think marketers know that branding is important, but it's easy to be lured off by the quick wins that a sales-focused activity can bring, like here and now. Um, so it will be really interesting to know how do you work with building your brand awareness for Misguided and what advice would you give to other fashion brands that is missing out on this? I think, as we've said, a lot of our spend has been focused within social media and influencer, but that's not to say we're not doing other things. Misguided is a mature brand in the UK, but less so in some of our secondary markets. So we definitely want to have that mix. And in these newer markets we enter, influencer for us is kind of a 
the the least risk from a cost perspective, definitely, because we can really focus our activity and not spend, you know, hundreds of thousands on a media campaign that may or may not work because I suppose you almost, you need a little bit of interest when you're doing a media campaign because otherwise if you have a billboard and no one knows you, you're probably not going to get the cut through. So ensuring really we're really cohesive and when we want to do drive those uh, big spikes of awareness, whether it's a specific campaign or collection like summer, we will lean to some more, I suppose, mass medium approaches so whether that is billboards whether it's a youtube campaign so a pre-roll um it just really delivers that impact that i suppose you can't get anywhere else in terms of the millions of impressions so while we don't do it a lot we do do it for those real temple moments and we'll notice that kind of uplift on where we see awareness so that's something we do measure monthly we track our awareness our consideration purchase intent add awareness and we can see those metrics move again as you say not always straight away so over time or within the next month or so we'll see that kind of uptick in those metrics so it's really positive I think building that brand awareness for us at scale we can't just rely solely on on one channel but having that omni kind of channel approach using traditional media um, where we want to really spread a, a very wide message. Um, and then something we're super keen to do this year, now restrictions are, are lifting, is actually being there in front of our consumer. So through experiential, which unfortunately no one's really done since 2019, um, but being there in the street, you know, although people spend a lot of time online, they they are they do go outside. People are still socializing. So how can we meet our consumer in the spaces they are outside of their phone, really? So whether that's pop-ups, whether it's just some guerrilla campaigns we run, how can we get into their minds when maybe they're not expecting us? So that's something we're really looking to push this year as the world opens back up again. Yeah, and that's so interesting to hear like how you measure your branding efforts. Mm-hmm. Um and you you have shown good turnover results over the past couple of years, uh, which has been said uh, is because of your uh, good brand awareness. Uh, how do you connect the dots between growing uh, in turnover and the increased brand awareness? So we can see, obviously, how our awareness is tracking over time. And while we do very much take a measure of what each channel drives, so naturally, the higher awareness, we expect to see more direct traffic, more traffic coming through um, organic, so brand search, more traffic on our app that's coming directly to app. We will see those correlations and expect to see those correlations, especially when we're investing heavily in brand marketing or at a time where we have a big campaign launch. Um, and naturally, I think for us, the key is driving eyeballs, but the the right eyeballs um, and getting to that right consumer. So measuring our reach effectively on a cost per thousand and then looking at how that translates actually to traffic. So it is something we are quite um, performance driven on in terms of is that reach ultimately, even if it's not driving it on those channels I mentioned, direct, organic, like there's, there's an impact on our paid channels too. So where we may pull down some brand spend, like sometimes you will obviously see that correlation with the performance of our Google ads or our paid social ads, because naturally, if you've seen 
a brand somewhere else and then you see a you know Google shopping ad the likelihood is that you're going to engage more if something else is going on so we do try and get that holistic view too as well as the kind of channel specific um, measurement of is direct increasing is organic increasing is our social media traffic increasing these kind of free channels I suppose that we measure but also how that impacts um, some of the pay channels too because we want to be making those work as hard as possible and converting as high as they can and the more we're doing on the brand side the more it also complements the performance marketing channels too. Yeah, that you, what you say is really interesting. And we can see that also you can't just measure by last click because mm-hmm. you won't probably go uh, see increase in direct traffic if you want, if you haven't heard of the brand before, you won't like search for their name. Uh, so I think what you say about having a holistic view and like look at the interaction effects is uh, really important uh, today and also for the next couple of years coming. And today's consumers are demanding more from brands in terms of diversity and inclusion. And as a response to this, um, we've seen a clear shift with more and more brands taking accountability for a lack of diversity and inclusivity in influencer marketing, as an example. Um, It would be really interesting to know how do you at Misguided approach uh, diversity and inclusivity in social media and for your influencer marketing efforts overall? So I think we've definitely been known to really have this empowerment at the heart of what we do. And a few years ago, we ran this amazing nudes campaign, um, which celebrated, obviously, it was for our lingerie across multiple skin colors and body types. And that's something we really wanted to put in the forefront, women who may not look like women you've traditionally seen fashion brands represent or in the media, and actually having that um, more authentic cast in our campaigns and something we want to make people feel that, okay, you don't have to look like a traditional model to buy from a brand or or fit in. And it's something we want to make sure our community and our audience feels like they can wear misguided. And I think following through from that within our influencer space and what we show on social media, we want to engage with creators who also are, are using that message. You know, we we work with some creators who may have their own agency specific for, you know, models that are um, from different backgrounds or different sizes and actually bringing that to the forefront and working directly with them actually and getting their opinion on this. I think that's something that definitely we're very conscious of is not assuming what people want to see but actually working with creators who are representing a different community and actually saying okay from your experience as a leader in this area and someone who has built a really authentic following from speaking about whatever is their kind of subject field or representing something like what do you think would work and then work with them I think what we're very definitely moved away from is being super strict with what we're briefing creators like okay yes they might need to talk about a certain product but we don't want to say you have to do this this and this like we want to see how they bring that to the forefront and I think it just allows us to show a lot more voices in the content we create and I think definitely not assuming that we know best we need to realize that those people can do their jobs better than we can essentially um in engaging with the communities and showing 
what they want to talk about. So actually utilizing their talent and skills and bringing that um, to the brand versus doing what we think is right. So actually working with creators and getting them to make that content for us and not us producing it to be, you know, so we can come across as more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, just taking input from like, what's the dialogue out there? Mm-hmm. The influencers know that uh, better than many brands do, of course, because it's it's at their channels, uh, the conversations happen. So yeah. I think you're really on point there. Big thank you for joining the podcast today, Vicky. It was a pleasure talking to you and hearing what Misguided, uh, how you are working with influencer marketing. Thank you. It has been great to be here. This was all for today, but the content doesn't end here. If you want to continue staying up to date on our weekly podcast episodes, what's up on the consumer marketing scene, and of course, all things social media and influence marketing, make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Cure Media.